Recorded live in Manhattan's East Village at St. Mark's Church in the Bowery, this is The Poetry Project. Hi. Thank you for being here. Welcome to The Poetry Project. Can I take this out? Welcome to The Poetry Project. I'm Yinyi Lo. I am the curatorial assistant for Friday nights. Um, and I have a handy dandy sheet of an introduction that I'm going to read to you now, very formally. Um, welcome to a celebration of the Senyal series chapbooks, which are produced by Bomb Magazine, Libros Antenna Books, and Ugly Duckling Press. The Poetry Project is very lucky to be hosting this event of bilingual readings, which is honestly like really awesome. Um, which marks the end of a tour from San Francisco to Chicago to New York City by the poets, translators, and editors of these four beautiful works. Please stick around after the reading, which will proceed without a break for a reception. We want to thank the Mexican Cultural Institute, the Argentinian Consulate of New York, poets and writers, and New York City Department of Cultural Affairs for their generous support, which made tonight's event possible. A few general announcements. All gender bathrooms are up the stairs to the right. After the dance space performance next door ends at 9.30, a wheelchair accessible bathroom is available. Um, I'm also going to announce some upcoming events at the Poetry Project. So on Monday, Anais Duplin and Loma, also known as uh, Christopher Soto, um, they're reading. And on Wednesday, next Wednesday, Garrett Cap Capels and Juan Nguyen are, are both reading. And the next Friday night event is going to be on the 28th of October, just in time for you to get into scary outfits um, with Vicky Now and Jason P. Smith. So uh, please welcome Ariel Goldberg, who is going to do the rest of the introduction. Uh, thank you so much, Yinyi. This is a new, the Friday curatorial assistant uh, position is new, and I could not be happier than to be working with Yinyi. So I hope you all give her a warm welcome tonight. Um, she's a phenomenal writer and critic, and I encountered her work um, at a Belladonna reading uh, this past winter that just published her chaplet diary, so check that out. So uh, we're going to hear readings tonight by Pablo Cachadijian with translators Victoria Kokoro and Rebecca Smith, uh, Florencia Castellano with translation by Alexis Almeida, Stalina Emanuel Villarreal reading for Sor Juana, and Luis Felipe Fabre with translation by Luis Pluker. So let's give all our readers a warm round of applause and welcome. <laughs> I'm just going to say a few words about each of these uh, beautiful and amazing uh, chapbooks that I had the privilege of seeing advanced copies of via PDF. And I encourage you all to check out the book table in the back of the room and buy books, support small presses. Um, they're beautiful, beautiful chapbooks. And um, after I give a little spiel about each of the chapbooks and the writers, um, Matve and Monica are going to come up and speak more about the Senyal series. The first chapbook from 2015, Sor Juana and Other Monsters by Luis Felipe Fabre and translated by John Pluker, um, who writes an enlightening translator's note on Fabre's academic paper in verse followed by mashup poems, is a disruptive book in the best possible way. 
to the routines of historicization of mythic literary figures, in particular the consistency of seemingly disparate ideas and arguments made by scholars of Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz, the awe-inspiring 17th century poet. In the second Senyal chapbook, Stalina Emanuel Villarreal translates Sor Juana's enigmas, unveiling the piously naughty poetics of Sor Juana in two quatrain questions per page, providing contextual source material and a link to Fabre and Plucher's work. As Villarreal states in her translator's note, Sor Juana's enigmas give the reader room to have the final word, recognizing the aggregating into a fantasy of all translations hyperlinked of phenomenological lenses that translation can refract light through the crystalline remains of Sor Juana's verse. Villarreal notes the resemblances of protest slogans to poetic decisions and delivers us a persona living vicariously as, a whole, as wholehearted as possible. And those are her words. Pablo Cachadijan's The Rue of Alk takes as its starting point the precipice of falling asleep and the bitterness that goes somewhere in the world of error, abbreviations stemming from the root of alcohol, the proposal to be here no matter what, dreamscapes of kids appear, liquidity in shadows thaw, where bags have two Gs, Pockets also have two Gs. Words become fractions of themselves in both losing and gaining lucidity. And finally, Florencia Castellano's monitored properties depicts a father whose movements are surveilled through poems. I learned through Alexis Almeida's facing page translations that a surveillance camera in Spanish is a zoom. Castellano's landscape is told through trinkets, functional and not, exports of voices, what history says, the ruins of cowboys revised, pure manslaughter, unreal telegrams. So please help me in welcoming Matvey Yankovich and Monica de la Torre to introduce the Senyal series. Uh, Ariel, thank you uh, for having us at the Poetry Project. Um, it's, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, we're just going to say a couple words about how Signal happened or what it does. Mm -hmm. And, um, yes, this and is the, so um, we've been doing it for two years. Uh, Luis Felipe Fabre and Sor Juana, as Ariel said, uh, constituted the first iteration of the series. And Pablo um, and Florencia are the second. And, we are still defining what the 2017 year will bring. Uh, it's a very engaged process. That is part of the beauty of why I am uh, ecstatic to be here because just, just sorting through material and deciding what to publish is uh, engaging, wonderful, and uh, targeted. And the series is um, a collaborative uh, curatorial project uh, it involves Monica, myself, Rebecca Smith, uh, Jen Hoffer, and Brenda Lozano. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, together we've been making decisions about the publications and also trying to figure out what, what is it that is most necessary uh, uh, as far as publishing contemporary Latin American poetry and 
the whole idea of the series is to sort of question ideas of both contemporary and Latin America, um, to also engage uh, uh, new emerging translators um, to, um, and to um, foreground uh, kinds of uh, sort of uh, poets who might not enter the English-speaking um, English readership um, uh, without, without this kind of series. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing is that they're totally bilingual chapbooks, so they're actually sold also in uh, uh, South and Central America um, and, uh, and as well as in North America. Um, and uh, we're hoping that that way people can actually read the whole book without, you know, just either in Spanish or in English. Mm -hmm. um, and what else do we need to say? We've well, um, I would say that one of the things that distinguishes the translations that we publish is that these translations are by no means invisible. You know, the translator is not an invisible translator who's just like making the work accessible in the other language. Mm -hmm. We really mean to foreground the act of translation, the process of translation, and through that, open up a new reading even for the person who can read the work in its original mm -hmm. language. So I highly encourage you to read the essays by the translators um, that are incredibly thoughtful, present new approaches to translation, open up the work, and um, hopefully will contribute a lot to the corpus, uh, to a new establishing corpus of um, a novel appro approaches to translation. Yeah. Uh, lastly, I would just wanna say, um, uh, that it is obviously pretty difficult usually for small presses to bring foreign poets to the states and we have a lot of people to thank and um, you know they were thanked before but I just want to say it's also um, a volunteer effort um, and particularly on the part um, or particularly we've been helped by the efforts of uh, our uh, associate editor Silvina Lopez Medin uh, in a finding all of the funding parts to actually bring these poets here. And I want to thank the poets who came and translators who came very long distances um, uh, to be here um, and to be in three cities in a week and do this whirlwind tour. Um, and lastly, I also want to say that these cards, which have excerpts from the chapbooks, are free and signed uh, and numbered. And they're available on the back, as well as the UDP catalog, which is free. Um, mm -hmm. And you can and subscribe to the series, right? I'm not yet. Hmm. We haven't figured that out. <laughs> we'll We're going to work out, on though. that. Well, if you're yes. interested, let us know. Yes, uh, please do. <laughs> okay. Okay. And uh, oh, I should say the order is actually going to be uh, um, uh, first, uh, first Pablo Cachajan, then Florencia, Florencia Castellano, and then um, uh, Estelina uh, Villarreal with the translations of Sor Juana, and then finally Luis Felipe Favre. So that will be the sort of we're reversing Ariel's order. But um, so uh, that's that's it. Thank you all for coming, uh, and thanks Thank for you having so Senyal here. Uh, yes. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Thank you. Hi. Hello. <laughs> thanks for coming. Gracias por venir. <laughs> Um, I would also like to echo a lot of the thanks. We have been on a six-day, no, six three-city tour of uh, San Francisco, Oakland, and Chicago, and now here. And it has been a ton of work for a lot of people involved in a lot of... Um, so I'm grateful to the poets and translators for taking time out of their lives and coming and doing all of these readings. Um, 
I'm really grateful to the Poetry Project for uh, hosting this reading tonight, this final night, uh, especially Ariel, Laura, and Nicole, who did a lot of work to put this all together. Um, the Senyal series in general, I would like to thank for supporting this project, uh, Monica and Matvey and Brenda and uh, Jen, um, and Ugly Duckling, all of my colleagues at Ugly Duckling Press, especially who are wonderful people to work with, especially Matvey and Dan and Sylvina, who I couldn't really do much of anything without. Um, and Bablo and Vicky for being absolutely fantastic collaborators. Vicky is here, but I'm going to be the reader of our translations tonight. Yeah, she's right there. You can talk to her too later. Um, and finally, yeah, like Matve said, we do this as a volunteer collective, and I think it's really important that, that I guess we do it for the love of literature, the love to bring uh, new voices to new people from new places, and so... It's really, really fantastic and heartwarming to me that you are all here tonight to be a part of this as well. So thank you for coming. Um, and I think that was it that I wanted to say. Oh, and also we have those cards for free in the back and also this funny book that Vic and I made of Pablo's. There's a few copies in the back that are also free. And you can buy the chat books at a super dis great rate tonight. So I would recommend you do that. Okay. Okay. Mm, I want to thank the Argentinian consulate. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I, I want to... You should thank them. They brought wine. Yeah, we, yeah, we can yeah, thank them. The um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no, this is the rambling tour for me because I was rambling the, in the last five readings. I rambled in, before reading uh, against Rebecca's will who kept telling me, Pablo, I think you should read now <laughs> while I rambled. And... <laughs> Um, but I want to say something now because yesterday in the, we had a reading at the NYU and uh, I rambled a lot, like <laughs> crazy rambling, like really, really it was extreme. And I think it was nice because I, 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 I wasn't happy afterwards. But <laughs> not really, really, I was sad today. Uh, yeah. Not I'm serious. Um, okay. Yeah. But. But I, 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 the good thing about rambling for me is that you, you can think before and after, but especially while you ramble. And, and, and you don't know what you're saying, so you, then you have to think, to think about what you said and, and why you, you did that, you know, why I, I, I did that yesterday. So, and I was thinking today, I wanted to be serious today, and... Um, and I, I was thinking, because I, I kept uh, you know, saying that I, I wrote this, this book 11 years ago, and I always liked the book, but, and, uh, but I, I, I had an, in this, this tour a, a, a strange relationship with the book, which is that and I suppose that it was because the book was, for me, like a, an old book, and I didn't know how to, how to, how to read it. But it wasn't that, and I was thinking today that it's exactly the opposite. It's the thing is that the book is very old for me, but at the same time, I feel it like it was written yesterday because, uh, and, and it helped me, uh, the name of this place, it's Poetry Project. I, I, I realized that this is my poetry project, and that I wrote this book, and uh, it's, it's what I will be doing the rest of my life because I think that, because I love this book, it's like an old friend, a bizarre friend that you have and you, you have to meet sometimes. And, but 
I love it, and, and yeah, I mean, it's not about quality, you know, it's another thing. <laughs> but I mean, quality, it's, uh, you, you have to decide, I don't care. But, but the thing is that, yeah, I don't care, really. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the last thing. The poetry project that I have in this book is, it has two points. One is the, um, the exploration of the rational. Um, I did this in the book, and it's what I keep doing until now, to explore the rational. And the second one is, um, the, the, to suppose a double vision, that you, you, I write with a double vision, and I, I suppose that the reader needs a double vision to read the book. So you have to be thinking two things at the same time, and that's it. But the, and there is the third one, which is the, the, the dialectic between form and freedom, which is the, the book too. Um, I'm being serious, so <laughs> I will start, yeah. Oh, and I should say, it's a long narrative poem. The whole book is one poem, and we are going to read two largest selections of it, but they aren't like next to each other, so it helps to read the whole thing. Okay. It's good that the microphone works very well. Um, amargura que se apaga con sueño. Sueño al que se va por el camino del alcohol. Si es así, nadie lo niega. O sería un árbol cuando. O sería algo. Nadie puede responder. Se van por el camino del alcohol, que lleva a ningún lado, o a un paisaje nevado. Siete lados en siete versos dan cuenta del desastre de todo esto. Si lo aceptan, lo aceptarían. ¿A dónde van por el cam del Alch, que se quede con nosotros, pero que duerma en la casa de otros? Nadie pide nada a cambio, le molesta la frase y se queda con nosotros. Lata de bronce o un aparato más complejo o un seño en el entrecejo, o un sueño inconclusivo. El derrame de algo que dice en el cerebro, porque tengo tiempo en lo que pienso, si me dan la hora pido más, el codo, o les pido todo. Hay una forma de estar sentado en el lugar más alejado de todos. Si llama la atención es lamentable, y si dicen algo es por el momento. La forma de un balde lleno de agua la contempla sentado en un balde que es balde y es el espejo de el infinito del que estaba sentado antes que yo. Caminar en cuatro patas, de espaldas. La propuesta es estar acá como sea. ¿Con cuánto alcanza para no marearse? Un gramo de lo que hay en el camino del alcohol. Si sigue por ahí, tendríamos que decidir. O lo podríamos perseguir. Sigue sin ser una maravilla que el camino del alch, el cam que se quede con nosotros después de todo eso. La bajada empinada y un bello bucle en la espalda. Camina boca abajo para quedarse por acá. Si no saben, mejor que lo digan, porque si lo entienden, lo entenderían. Hay que avisarle a cada uno que traigan el balde y se sienten a contemplar el infinito, a deshacerse sin rumbo. Bitterness that shuts off with sleep. It goes to sleep along the root of alcohol. If it's so, no one denies it. Or could it be a tree when, or could it be something? No one can respond, they're off, on the root of alcohol that leads to no place or to a snowy landscape. Seven sides and seven verses give account of the disaster of all of this. If they accept it, they would accept it. Where does he go on the rue of Alch? Would that he'd stay with us, but sleep at someone else's. 
No one asks for nothing in exchange. The phrase irritates him and he stays with us. A bronze can or a system more complex or a scowl in a knit brow or a dream unconclusive. The spillage of something that speaks in my brain because I have the time to think. If given the time, I ask for more, a foot, or I ask for it all. There is a way to be sitting in the most remote place of all. If it draws attention, it's unfortunate. And if they say something, it's for the moment. The shape of a bucket full of water. I contemplate it seated on a bucket that is the bucket and is the mirror of the infinite of the one who was sitting before I was. To walk on all fours backwards, the proposal is to be here no matter what. How much is enough not to get sick? A gram of that which is on the root of alcohol. If he heads that way, we'd have to determine, or we could chase him. It's still no wonder that the root of Alch, the rue, that he'd stay with us after all of that. The steep slope and a beautiful curl on the back. He walks face down to stay around here. If they don't know, they'd better say so, because if they'd understand it, they'd understand it. Everyone must be told that they should bring the bucket and sit down to contemplate the infinite coming undone to no end. Um, nadie sabe a dónde van sus hijos. Pronto serán solo sus bolsas. Pronto meterán la bolsa en una bolsa blanca. Pronto serán la bolsa en un vaso blanco. Meten los hijos en el vaso blanco y se sientan a contemplar el infinito deshacerse sin rumbo. Un aro de luz da cuenta del bello bucle dorado que recae en la espalda. Intentan esquivar el precipicio con el cerebro para estar acá como sea. La propuesta es llenar los vasos de bolsa blanca. Meten la bolsa en una bolsa blanca de vidrio y los vasos en una bolsa de vidrio blanco, es decir, el blanco de la bolsa que los hijos llevan por el Camp del Alch y los amigos llevan en el Vald con la finalidad de contemplar el conte del infinito, deshacerse sin rumbo definido y esquivar el precipicio sin rumbo, usando para eso el cerebro que podrían usar para contemplar el conte del desastre de todo esto en los siete versos, pero que prefieren mantener en la bolsa de vidrio guardada en los bolsillos. Todos los versos dan cuenta del desastre de todo esto. Si lo entienden, lo entenderían para estar acá como sea, al menos con el cerebro. El sueño conduce a ningún lado, ningún paisaje nevado, ningún momento de contemplación. La propuesta es estar acá como sea. Trato de dejar de lado el sueño, pero veo que no puedo. Estar acá como sea, es decir, adentro del desastre de todo esto, es lo mejor que les puede pasar a mis amigos. Lo mejor que les puede pasar es estar acá conmigo, o es lo mejor que me puede pasar contemplando el camp, mirando el horizonte amanecer. El mejor desastre es el de todo esto. La propuesta para estar acá como sea podría ser cualquier cosa. Ya se ve que llenar los vasos de bolsa blanca alegra a los hijos, o de bolsa negra, aunque vayan por el camp. Quiero decirles que no se vayan. Tienen todo lo que puede haber en el camp. Una bols o un bas, el cont o el bald. La propuesta es que se queden como sea. Se repite, pero si lo entienden, lo entenderían. Y verían sus sombras crecer en el camp y el horizonte amanecer y señalar el infinito y lo perdonarían. La propuesta es estar acá como sea. Quiero decirles que no se vayan, que por favor no se vayan porque si se fueran, verían sus sombras crecer y desaparecer en el horizonte y verían desaparecer el infinito. Lo que quiero es que se queden conmigo y entiendan lo que entenderían si quisieran, es decir, que este es el mejor desastre. Me refiero al de todo esto. Y estoy seguro de que si se fueran se arrepentirían. No one knows where their kids go. 
Soon they will be their bags. Soon they will put the bag in a white bag. Soon they will be the bag in a white glass. They put the kids in the white glass and sit down to contemplate the infinite coming undone to no end. A ring of light gives account of the beautiful gold curl that falls on the back. They try to avoid the precipice with their brains in order to be here no matter what. The proposal is to fill the glasses with white bag. They put the bag in a white bag of glass and the glasses in a bag of white glass. That's to say the white of the bag the kids bring on the Rue of Alch and that the friends bring in the buck in order to contemplate the cont of the infinite coming undone to no definite end and to avoid the precipice to no end, using for this their brains that they could use for the contemplating the cont of the disaster of all of this in the seven verses, but that they prefer to preserve in the bag of glass kept in their pockets. All the verses give account of the disaster of all of this. If they understand it, they'd understand it in order to be here no matter what, at least with their brains. The dream leads to no place, no snowy landscape, no moment of contemplation. The proposal is to be here no matter what. I try to leave the dream aside, but I see that I can't. To be here no matter what, that's to say, within the disaster of all of this, is the best that could happen to my friends. The best that could happen to them is to be here with me, or it is the best that could happen to me, contemplating the rue, watching the horizon dawning. The best disaster is that of all of this. The proposal to be here no matter what could be anything. It looks like filling the glasses with white, bags make, with white bag makes the kids happy, or with black bag. Even though they go on the rue, I want to tell them not to. They have all that could be on the rue, a ba or a gla, the cont or the buck. The proposal is that they'd stay no matter what. It's repeated, but if they understand it, they'd understand it and would see their shadows growing on the rue, the horizon dawning and pointing to the infinite, and they would forgive it. The proposal is to be here no matter what. I want to tell them not to leave, that please don't leave, because if they left, they'd see their shadows grow and disappear on the horizon and would see the infinite disappearing. What I want is that they'd stay with me and understand what they'd understand if they wanted to. That's to say that this is the best disaster. I mean that of all of this, and I'm sure that if they left, they'd regret it. And this is the ending. Se arma con esfuerzo y tampoco anda ni lleva a ningún lado, ningún camino, ningún valle de montaña, es decir, ningún paisaje nevado. It's made with effort and neither goes nor leads to any place. No route, no mountain valley, that's to say, no snowy landscape. Thank you. Gracias. love that book very much. It's been a huge pleasure to be on this tour with the other Senyal authors because we get to hear them read their work every time and it <laughs> really never gets old because they're all really good. Um, thank you so much Poetry Project. It's really exciting to be reading here. Um, I'm Alexis and I am here from Buenos Aires and um, so are Pablo and Vicky and Florencia and we're all really excited to be here. And I am living there just for eight months. Um, and something that was so exciting to me about discovering Florencia's book was that it felt like a confluence of so many styles of poetry. I'm there studying contemporary poetry and compiling an anthology. And this book feels so, it's just such a, a mix of so many different voices, but also so many styles that I'm encountering. Um, and it was a huge decision on both of our parts because we had the 
pleasure of being able to really work on this together. I basically finished a draft and then I moved to Buenos Aires and sat down with Florencia and discussed the whole thing with her. And she uses the word cowboy in the book instead of gaucho. And um, to me, that was really exciting. And we chose to leave it as cowboy in the translation. And it was really exciting because it's the figure of the, gau the gaucho, which is really historically the gaucho is kind of outside of the law in a lot of ways. So it was kind of a mercenary figure. Um, but then in terms of culture, it was something, it was this figure that was being trafficked across borders. Maybe it was a figure that was kind of in translation between Argentina and America through, through movies and through mm -hmm. literature and through all kinds of things. So that word is a huge word in this book um, and signifies many things, as you'll see. Um, but yeah, did you want to say uh, something too? Uh, good night, <laughs> uh, buenas noches. Eh, bueno, en principio decirles que es una es muy movilizante para mí estar hoy acá, este, no solo porque es la última lectura de la gira, el último dueto, <laughs> eh, sino porque este espacio en particular que es tan místico, no solo desde lo religioso obviamente, sino desde lo literario. Right, no, it's very, I will translate, it's very exciting to be here, very moving to be here, and especially in this space that has this charge, almost mystical charge in terms of literature, it's just the history of this place is really exciting. Y hay una pequeña semejanza que tiene que ver con la cerámica que está detrás, que tiene la palabra pater, que figura en el libro, el libro no está en latín, tranquilos. <laughs> Um, sorry, I'm just Jesus Christ. I was just having a moment. Um, the, uh, I think it's a ceramic, or is there some sort of plaque right behind uh, that says Pater, uh, father in Latin, and that's obviously very important. The cowboy also in this book is a, is a word that signifies father and law and all kinds of um, things that, right, Most of starting with father, yes. Siento que hay una pequeña similitud entre el espacio la historia de este espacio y el libro, porque tiene que ver en definitiva bueno, con un montón de cosas más este, que son libres de leer, cada uno puede leer lo que quiera en un libro, pero me parece que justamente está este punto de eh, cuestionar la figura del pater, del padre, de la ley, del cowboy, del gaucho, y de transformar espacios que eran de alabanza religiosa en espacios de creatividad y de libertad. Um, so there's, <laughs> um, of course, everybody can read a book uh, however they want, but um, Florencia really wants you to kind of question the idea of the father in terms of, this is kind of a leap from what she actually said, but just kind of in terms of its static um, figure and culture and kind of um, the license we can take creatively with that word, I think is a huge issue in this book. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> bueno, ahora sí, eh, algunos fragmentos de propiedades vigiladas, inversión English, Spanish, Spanish, English. Propiedad vigilada. Barrio a barrio, un padre saca su auto del garage y canta, igual en olivos que quilmes o colegiales. Manzana por manzana, un hombre sin canas busca esa clase de padres que manejan y cantan. Basta, un segundo en el tiempo para hacer noticia de último momento. Panorámica sobre vereda, casa mediana, pared y puerta despintada. Garage con zoom al auto paterno. El espejo retrovisor capta perfecto ese gesto repetitivo. La premeditación en la boleada del arma sin marca. Aparición de joven desconocido, 
cowboy que cabecea y saca, pecho a las balas y un revólver pintón made in China. Salve, las puertas del cielo también se baten a duelo, igual que las de bancos provinciales y polvorientos bares del lejano oeste. Monitored property. Neighborhood to neighborhood, a father pulls his car out of the garage and sings, the same in Olivos as in Quilmes or Colegiales. From block to block, a man with no gray hair is looking for that type of father who drives and sings. Enough, a moment in time can become late-breaking news. Panoramic view of the sidewalk, medium-sized house, unpainted wall and door, garage with surveillance camera on the paternal car. The rearview mirror captures perfectly that repetitive gesture. The premeditation on the hunting trip of the unpatent gun. The apparition of an unknown boy, a cowboy that nods and puffs his chest toward bullets and a handsome revolver made in China. All hail, the gates of heaven also fight themselves to the death, same as provincial banks and dusty bars in the Wild West. Manteniéndonos alertas en el campo de batalla. Cae oro en polvo sobre el pelo paterno y el reloj cucú, un recuerdo del viaje a Baden-Baden, desde la pared de la cocina anuncia combate. Como souvenir, los contratos de alquiler traen la incorporación de TV por cable pero mi realidad es una mestiza, opaca. Por ende sabemos, no es un regalo, se paga. Un pasacalles delimita un cuadrado, lleno de vidas particulares, estudios o empleos. Con la omnipotencia de lo alto, ese pasacalles inaugura toda una nueva raza que cree fervientemente en el presente y la certidumbre de no poder soportar más avalanchas. Y presenta una oración, sin incienso ni fanfarrias, dura, homologada a un cadáver. Tragedias y westerns ya no son los de antes. El mundo está muy quieto. Ah, dicen los hombres, ya no... Calma. Silencio. Chicharras. Keeping ourselves alert on the battlefield. Gold powder falls over paternal hair and the cuckoo clock, a memento from a trip to Baden-Baden, from the kitchen wall declares fight. Like a souvenir, the rental contracts offer a steady cable TV connection, but a mestiza is my reality, opaque. In the end, we know it's not a gift if you pay. A banner frames the street full of discreet lives, studies, or jobs. With the omnipotence of the cosmos, the banner inaugurates a whole new race that believes fervently in the present and the certainty of not being able to survive more avalanches. And it presents a prayer without pomp or ceremony, rigid, set as a cadaver. Tragedies and westerns aren't what they used to be. The world is very quiet. Ah, say the men. Is it over? Calm, silence, cicadas. Después del engaño, el tornado. En el medio de la parodia edípica, y como en cualquier caos, la confusión se vuelve tornado. Viene del Caribe, se llama Ángela. Por furia y ante el cowboy, levanta. Vientos de 180 kilómetros. 
arranca. Motores cilindrados, padres de las veredas, relojes de las paredes, carteles peatonales, asientos de cuero, copas de árboles, ruedas neumáticas, techos de tejas, puertas blindadas, cowboys. Con forma de embudo, todo se lo lleva Ángela. En el ojo del huracán, mi auto. Y adentro, el padre. Ya son pasado, ya son retina metálica. Como el Big Bang gratis, pero en la puerta de casa. Y a comenzar todo de nuevo, con un sentimiento de salida, de emergencia cerrada. After the hoax, the tornado. In the middle of the Oedipal parody, as in any kind of chaos, confusion becomes a tornado. It comes from the Caribbean. Its name is Angela. Raging before the cowboy, it rises up. 180-kilometer winds uproot cylindrical motors, fathers from the block, wall clocks, pedestrian signs, leather seats, treetops, pneumatic tires, tiled roofs, armored doors, cowboys. In a funnel shape, Angela takes everything. My car in the eye of the storm, and inside it, the father. Now they're gone. Now they're a metallic retina like a free Big Bang, but in the doorway of a house, to start everything over again with the feeling of leaving through a locked emergency exit. Thank you. Gracias. Hello. Um, so I think if you really want to look up Sor Juana's biography, you, you can always read about how she was a 17th century nun but uh, someone, one of some of my conversations with the translators and authors have been about Sor Juana and how I've gotten to know her from a more visceral perspective. I grew up with uh, women talking about Sor Juana and her feminism and how she had written in her blood that she was the worst of the worst. And so I slowly got to know her work um, through people's libraries. And so through, through getting to know her work, um, I really thought about how to bring that visceral nature to the audience and, and really also for myself. And so that's part of why I kept the rhyme. In, in particularly, I had once read that she believed that she was a poet before, uh, before anything else, that she learned to rhyme before she learned to write prose. And it was when I was thinking about her blood, I had in part of my translator's note I mentioned, and this is again in this idea of preserving the structure of her rhyme, and I call it, you know, keeping a sense of outer and inner t time, Be because their envelope stances, the, the two outer lines rhyme, and then the two inner, line, two inner lines rhyme. And so I say, in, in essence, to maintain structural integrity, um, she basically, she uses a series of simultaneous parallels, like a string of double helix carrying Sor Juana's and my blood to donate to a reader's pulse. Is the reader's experience like watching a short film on loop, the idea of this repetition, um, experiencing the past, present, and future cyclically? Or is it like a linear Chupacabra vampire mosquito trio in a monstrosity of time, requesting an angelic rhetorical triangulation? and the way she, that she uses um, repetition, but also variation. Um, so I wanted to start. With this one. ¿Cuál puede ser el dolor de efecto tan desigual 
que siendo en sí el mayor mal, remedio otro mal mayor? What can be the grief of such lopsided impact that the chief monster, in fact, remedies a more monstrous mischief? And here's, here's another one that, made me think, that makes me think of blood. Um, ¿Cuál es aquel arrebol de, de, juridis, de jurisdicción tan bella que inclinado como estrella deslumbra tal como el sol? What is that crimson of spectrum without par, that bowing like star dazzles like the sun? And this, this last one. What is that slayer strife, that piously naughty, when living slaughters and dies upon granting life? And then I also wanted to mention that in addition to the, the rhyming, I also thought often about rhythm. I mentioned how I, as, as, I was, as a child, I had um, a Mayan babysitter and I don't remember, I actually don't remember the words, but I do remember the musicality. And so, and so I also, and I also took German, so that really helped me in, ter in terms of finding a balance between the Latinate experience and, and the Anglo-Saxon base. And I'll give you an example of, of that as well. ¿Cuál es aquella tensión que con humilde denuedo, defendiendo con el miedo, da esfuerzos a la razón? What is that attention that with meek spunk, upholding spook, grants brawn to reason? So the spunk and spook is the, is the part that... And also, in uh, particularly this one, ¿Cuál será la idolatría de tan alta potestad que hace el ruego indignidad, la esperanza grosería? What will be the idol vow of such high sway that makes prayer shame the vulgar wow? And so in particularly the idol vow and vulgar wow would have been easy to have translated you know, with, with a Latinate, like vulgarity instead of vulgar wow. But um, again, I was thinking of, of the sound and rhythm and I was, I was also trying to um, make the work more contemporary so that it could feel as real as, as, it, as I feel it when I read it in Spanish. And then I also mention that in my translator's note that in a way it's, I, 
have a deletion of first person, but it, it's also an acceptance of my individuality. And I, I thought of that with that specific one I just read. But also, um, I'll give you an example with this one. ¿Cuál es la sirena atroz que en dulces ecos veloces muestra el seguro en sus voces, guarda peligro en su voz? What is that atrocious mermaid that within sweet, swift echoes, the guard within her voices shows, voices the hazard in her serenade? Although that one I also uh, work with her, um, well, what I, I mentioned that it's an oxymoron, how she, she it, it's not like a contradiction in which it's, it's it, it, they negate each other. It, I do think that the, the, that the opposition is there, but that they, it can be real. Um, so how can you guard something that also is hazardous? Uh, but I would say atrocious mermaid might be literal, uh, but instead of saying boss, I put serenade. Uh, so uh, I, I think that's how I that's how I imagined what was happening in the poem. And one last one. ¿Cuál es, el ¿Cuál es el desasosiego que traidoramente leve, siendo su origen la nieve, es su de descendencia el fuego? What is the despair that traitorously fakes its origins no flakes, its offspring the fire? Thank you. Buenas noches. Eh, estoy muy contento de estar aquí. Eh, Good evening. I'm very happy to be here. Eh, eh, quiero agradecer a toda la gente de Ugly Duckling, en especial a Matt Bay, por haber creído en el, en, en el proyecto de meterse en más problemas y además con latinoamericanos. ¿no? I'd like to thank everyone from Ugly Duckling and especially Matt Bay for being willing to get into this kind of this kind of trouble, especially with Latin Americans. Some big, pro eh, big problems. Big ¿no? problems. Eh. Grandes problemas. Eh, y bueno, estoy especialmente también agradecido con John, ¿no? eh, lo voy a extrañar muchísimo, se va a sentir muy raro eh, leer solito. I'm also very thankful uh, here for John, um, for being here with me, and it's been such a pleasure to read together, it'll be really strange to read alone. Eh, bueno, eh, el, el, el chapbook eh, está compuesto por un poema largo, muy largo, y tres poemas breves. The plaquette has uh, one long poem and three uh, mashups that are quite short. Lo cual es un problema latinoamericano al momento de leer. Which is a <laughs> es un problema, un problema latinoamericano. This is a big <laughs> Latin American problem. So, eh, so, eh, así que vamos a leer solamente un fragmento como a manera de introducción de la primera parte. So we're just going to read a short fragment as a kind of introduction to the first poem. Y luego leeremos los mashups. And then we'll read the mashups. Para que John se luzca con su traducción. So that John can look really good with his translation. <laughs> Todos los orjuanistas discrepan en algo. Discrepan entre ellos. 
discrepan en algo que suele ser casi todo, por ejemplo, las razones de Sor Juana para tomar los hábitos, las razones de Sor Juana para escribir la carta tenagórica, las razones de Sor Juana para su objuración final, o también, por ejemplo, el verdadero apellido de Sor Juana, el verdadero significado del primero sueño, la verdadera naturaleza de su relación con la marquesa de Paredes, alias Lisi, principalmente eso. Todos los sorjuanistas suelen discrepar en torno a la naturaleza de la relación de Sor Juana con la marquesa de Paredes, alias Lisi, y también en casi todo lo demás, de lo cual es posible deducir que la tarea primordial de los sorjuanistas es la de discrepar de lo que dicen otros sorjuanistas. Para ejercer su discrepancia con respecto a lo que dicen otros sorjuanistas, los sorjuanistas organizan congresos sobre Sor Juana, donde discrepan, por ejemplo, sobre la autoría de la carta de Sor Serafina de Cristo, la fecha de composición de los sonetos cocosos, la existencia e inexistencia de un proceso inquisitorial contra Sor Juana y, muy principalmente, sobre la naturaleza de la relación de Sor Juana con la marquesa de Paredes, alias Lisi. Los orjuanistas organizan congresos, los orjuanistas escriben libros, los orjuanistas preparan ediciones anotadas. Los orjuanistas publican artículos, ensayos, ponencias, cartas de refutación en revistas especializadas, en blogs personales, en memorias de congresos que ellos mismos organizan para discrepar de lo que dicen otros orjuanistas. Los orjuanistas son gente muy ocupada, los orjuanistas son gente muy rara, los orjuanistas suelen tener un cubículo aparte. Pero incluso entre los orjuanistas, cuya tarea primordial es la de discrepar de otros orjuanistas, hay algunas coincidencias, casi ninguna. Una, todos los orjuanistas coinciden en que Sor Juana era un monstruo. Sor Juana and other monsters. All Sor Juana scholars differ on something, differ among themselves, differ on something usually everything. For example, the reason Sor Juana took the veil, the reason Sor Juana wrote the Carta Atenagorica, the reason Sor Juana finally recanted, were also, for example, the real last name of Sor Juana, the real meaning of Primero Sueño, the real nature of her relationship with the Marquesa de Paredes alias Lisi. Mainly this, all Sor Juana scholars tend to defer in regards to the nature of the relationship between Sor Juana and the Marquesa de Paredes, alias Lisi. And also about almost everything else, from which it is possible to deduce that the essential task of Sor Juana scholars is to defer with what other Sor Juana scholars say. In order to rehearse their differences in regards to what other Sor Juana scholars say, Sor Juana scholars organize conferences about Sor Juana, where they defer, for example, on the authorship of the Carta de Sor Serafina de Cristo, the date of the drafting of the humorous sonnets, the existence, inexistence of an inquisitional process against Sor Juana, and quite especially about the nature of the relationship between Sor Juana and the Marquesa de Paredes, alias Lisi. Sor Juana scholars organize conferences. Sor Juana scholars write books. Sor Juana scholars prepare annotated editions. Sor Juana scholars publish articles, essays, papers, rebuttal letters, and specialized magazines on personal blogs in the proceedings from conferences that they themselves organize in order to defer with what other Sor Juana scholars say. Sor Juana scholars are very busy people. Sor Juana scholars are very strange people. 
Sor Juana scholars tend to have their own separate cubicles. <laughs> but even among Sor Juana scholars, whose essential task it is to defer with other Sor Juana scholars, there are some points of convergence, almost none. One, all Sor Juana scholars concur that Sor Juana was a monster. Eh, bueno, estos mashups eh, están hechos, eh, sobre todo el primero y el tercero, con versos de Sor Juana tomados de distintas partes. O sea que John también tradujo a Sor Juana, lo que suena bien es de Sor Juana, lo que suena mal es de nosotros. Oh, the translator wasn't listening <coughs> attentively enough. Um, the things that sound good are from Sor Juana, and the things that sound bad are from us. <laughs> Mashup 1, Sor Juana y las fantasmas. Las fantasmas huyeron, una estampida de sombras blancas, una parvada pavorosa fugitiva de la muerte y de la vida, que cuerpo finge formado de todas dimensiones adornado cuando aún ser superficie no merece y que al prender una luz se desvanece. Las fantasmas huyeron, estaban aquí, les dije a mis hermanas, mas no me creyeron. Yo dormía, el cuerpo siendo en sosegada calma un cadáver con alma, muerto a la vida y a la muerte vivo. El alma, pues, suspensa en la oscuridad inmensa, de súbito se despeñó el cuerpo, sabiéndose acechada. Abrí los ojos, allí estaban, inmunes al grito que arrancaban. Encendí una vela presto y, como de vapor leve formadas, en fácil humo, en vierto convertidas, su forma resolvieron, las fantasmas huyeron. Mashup 1. Sor Juana and the Lady Phantoms. The Lady Phantoms fled. A stampede of white shadows, a frightful fugitive flock of life and death indeed, a body faking formed and all dimensions adorned, though not even surface merits, and when a light is lit away with spirits. The lady phantoms fled. They were here. I told my sisters, absurd, they said. I slept, body and such peace and calm, a cadaver with soul as balm, dead to life, alive to death. The soul then, in suspense, in darkness, immense, suddenly plunged into my body, aware of itself as prey. I opened my eyes. There they were, unprovoked by the shout they stoked. I lit a candle, quick, and they, like wisps of steam, faded to simple smoke, to airstream. Their form untread, the lady phantoms fled. Eh, Mashup 2, Sor Juana y Medusa. Lámina líquida sirva de espejo, página lírica, copie del agua el reflejo, trámite tímido entre el monstruo y los ojos, método lícito para esquivar el hechizo, la mirada petrificante de la señora que quiso, mísera, deslumbrada, celosa, convertir en estatua la décima musa, la intratable señora se llama Medusa, y a pesar del maltrato, sílabas ríspidas transcriban del charco al papel su retrato. Víboras engorgonan su cráneo, ráfagas de ideas ponzoñosas, pálida la frente, cándidas, falsamente las cejas engañosas, súbitos escultores, sus ojos célebres que en mármoles fúnebres a quienes los miran transforman, águilas una nariz cazadora, cátedra de crueldad de su boca, bífida la lengua, ácido su aliento, todo cuanto dice provoca sufrimiento, trágico el cuello, aguarda el degüello, mítico, tétrico, tránsito, vísperas, pánico, pues a partir de los hombros clásicos todo empeora. ¿Cómo confesar que a su modo resulta seductora? Sáficos, músculos, garras, escamas, glándulas pródigas de venenos los senos, límites húmedos de los que no osaron hablar los helenos. 
líbrenos, écate, de seguir adelante, de llegar a donde solo atrevería un amante, de Hades, ávido, más valdría, rápido, presto, apurar un resumen del resto. Síntesis, desalóbrega, fémina, áspide, bípeda, hórrida, íngrima, lépera, pésima. Mashup 2, Sor Juana and Medusa. May liquidy lamina act as a mirror, may lyrical folio ditto a watery echo, timidly transferring from monster to eye, lawfully, methodically eluding the sorcery, petrifying the gaze of the senora who seeks, tastelessly, speechlessly, oh so covetously, to convert to statue the decima musa. The intractable senora is called Medusa. And despite the abuse, syllables brusquely transcribe her portrait from puddle to paper. Vipers gorgonize her cranium, volley of poisonous ideas, pasty forehead, such sincerity, no fakery. Her eyebrows dishonesty, suddenly sculpting her eyes, famously transform gawkers to marbly melancholy. Her nose a bloodthirsty eagle, her mouth an academy of cruelty, her tongue forked, her breath unsavory, everything she said seeds suffering, tragically. Neck awaits its mythical beheading, creepy, crossing, the eaves, panicky. From her classic shoulders down, it's even worse. How to confess that in her own way she appears glamorous, sapphically, muscly, talon scales, memories bursting with toxins, breasts, sultry peripheries. Hellings would dare not discuss. Free us, Hecate, from progressing, from arriving, where only a lusty lover of Hades might boldly go. Better to rush, rapid, speedy, a recap of the rest. Summary of that gloomy lady, bipedally, slithery, ghastly, lonely, trashy, nasty. Y este último mashup, generalmente casi todos los otros hacen referencia solamente a los versos, en este caso también eh, retomo una frase que fue la última frase que, que firmó Sor Juana con su propia sangre. Una, so, the, so the majority of the texts are referring to Sor Juana's uh, verses and they're making reference to them, but in this last one there's a reference or a piece that's taken from um, the, one of the last texts that Sor Juana wrote uh, in her own blood. Sí, que fue la carta de abjuración donde después de toda una persecución decide, eh, eh, bueno, eh, renuncia a la escritura y acaba firmando yo la peor de todas. And it was the letter of renunciation or abjuration um, in which uh, she, um, she ends up writing I the worst among women. Y, eh, y me encanta que no sea una de las peores sino la peor, como un gesto de coquetería final. ¿no? And, it's, and it's important that it's... Uh, como un gesto de coquetería final, digamos. That it's not that she's one of the worst, but she is the worst, and it's this kind of final flirtation. Eh, y, bueno. Mashup 3. Sor Juana y las hermanas Murciélago. Poema de las atrevidas hermanas que se alimentan de vísceras humanas. Las hermanas Murciélago, las Mineidas, en forma frentosa transformadas. Aves sin pluma aladas, sin pluma entonces, termínese de escribir este poema, más que con palabras, con pausas y silencio, pues los poemas de terror, pienso, es mejor que queden en suspenso. Así el poema de aquellas tres oficiosas, digo, atrevidas hermanas, que el tremendo castigo de desnudas les dio pardas membranas, alas tan mal dispuestas que escarnios son aún de las más funestas. Las erinias, las gorgonas, las orjuanas, 
las peores de todas estas últimas tanto que luego de nombrarlas los versos enmudecen del espanto. Mashup 3, Sor Juana and the Bat Sisters. Poem of the intrepid sisters who feed on human innards, the Bat Sisters, the Maniades. In form shamefully transformed these, birds with no quill yet wings, with no quill then, cease to write this poem. Instead of words, breaks and silence, as poems of terror, this is my sense, are better off left in suspense. Thus the poem of those three officious, I mean intrepid sisters, whose tremendous punishment seen naked, affixed with dark membranes, wings so useless that mockery are some of the most disastrous. The Arinyes, the Gorgons, the Sorjuanas, the worst among women, these last who appear, and their name given the verses fall, fall silent with fear. Gracias. Thank you to all the readers. We're going to do a quick Q&A. So um, if we can just invite all of the readers and the translators to come on up. I know somebody was preparing a question. Who, who designed the books? I'll just repeat. Uh, these books, the covers were designed by the wonderful Andrew Bourne, who works at uh, Ball Magazine, and he did an absolutely tremendous job with uh, both years' uh, covers. Yeah. Thank you, Marbe. Okay. I'm going to repeat this question. It's for Rebecca. How did you contact all of the... How did everyone get connected and in contact with each other? Um, oh, uh, probably through Jen and Mape and Monica and Brenda and a little bit of Me Too, uh, talking about poetry the first year, I think, I don't even remember exactly how it started, but uh, I think we were talking about Sor Juana and Luis Felipe's work and uh, wanted to, um, have a new translation of these poems that are very present in Luis Felipe's work. And Selena knew JP and uh, Jen, and so they got in touch with her about putting this translation together of the enigmas. And then we were talking about small presses in Argentina, or not just in Argentina, in Latin America in general, um, for the second year. And um, Vicky came to New York last year and brought me a big stack of books from a lot of small presses in Argentina. And I sort of was reading through them and picked out this book, not even in relation to Senyal, just in relation to a project that we could work on together. And we chose Pablo's book. And then through discussion, uh, Jen introduced me to Alexis, who then chose to work on Florencia's book. And then now I have everyone's email, so it was much easier to get everyone together. <laughs> Oh, yes, sorry. Um, I'm going to repeat the question because I think that's just... Can you explain the relationship between Pablo and Florencia's chapbooks? Yes, I can. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so one of the of all of these books that Vicky brought me last year, there are a lot of small presses in Argentina, and the one that Pablo's book was published on was called Imprenta Argentina de Poesía, I-A-P, 
Poetry Press of Argentina, and uh, and so we wanted to sort of focus on these small presses that were doing uh, work maybe similar to work that we do at Ugly Duckling, but with Senyal and small presses making small runs of books. And so the two books both come from that press, which Pablo also ran. They were in extremely small editions of like 40. And so now it's also, uh, Pablo has said this, that it's also like, um, cool that now we're republishing these books in much larger runs, and so the Spanish is also now existing again in a way. Like, he had to make me a copy of the book when I asked him if I could translate it because it didn't exist anymore. And so, uh, yeah, that's the connection. Small presses. <laughs> what do you think about her writing in blood? <laughs> what do you think about Sor Juana writing in blood? Well, actually, it was actually very common back then for nuns to do that, uh, but um, but it, nobody <laughs> talked about it the way people talk about Sor Juana. So I, I think, in a way, she's both famous and infamous that way. I'll, I'll hand it over to the other. <laughs> no? Okay. So what has it been like to be in San Francisco, Chicago, and New York in one? Bueno, cada uno podría hablar de su propia experiencia. Después cada uno puede hacer su comentario. Yo te digo el mío. Everyone can talk about their own experience, but I will tell you mine. Eh, para mí eh, fue y es eh, un, un viaje de películas, literalmente. Es mi primera vez en los Estados Unidos, en las tres ciudades. It was and is like a cinematic experience in these three cities in America. Eh, es algo espectacular. Estoy muy agradecida a Ali Daglin, a este, Poetas de Amigos. Y para resumirlo, te digo... Um, Sorry, I kind of spaced on the first. Did yeah. you hear it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> But to, to uh, sum everything up, yes. It's la gira de Monster of Rock, y ahora están Monsters of Poetry. The Monsters of Frogs. The Monsters of Poetry. Of, oh, of rock. I was like, what? Um, a frog. Um, but it's the monsters of poetry. Había pensado en hacer una remera que atrás decía Chicago, la fecha, San Francisco, Chicago, las caras de nosotros. Pero me pareció que no. A t-shirt that says all of our tour dates on the back. Like a rock star. I think I already answered that or not. No, no, I, I, it's a question. Yeah, no? Mm. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, this is a rambling moment. Uh, so, no, I'm, I don't want to do it. Um, okay. Como oyente predilecta de, de las lecturas de todos, eh, creo que se intensificaron muchísimo las lecturas desde la primera a hoy, que es la última. Eh, 
Listening to all the lectures, uh, I think that it's um, sort of intensified every day from the beginning, which was Saturday, until today, which has been like every day. Yeah. Y creo que cada uno fue encontrando su relación con el texto, con el poema. And I think that everyone became to become, to sort of define their relationship with the sí, text. Sí. Y, y creo que, va, que en parte eh, un poco ese registro fue el que habló Pablo hoy, eh, al comienzo, como un poco, cómo fue eh, el proceso de encontrar una relación nueva con este texto. And so it's been sort of like what Pablo said at the beginning, that it's been a, a, a way of re-encountering these texts that we've all spent so much mm. time with. Y creo que eso se, se devela en, en las lecturas, en, en cómo fue el, el cambio de la primera lectura sí. hoy, como ese proceso, esa relación se revela en, en la transformación de las lecturas. Sí, and this, you could see this sort of relation in the, in the progression of the readings mm -hmm. over the past six days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. What she said. <laughs> yeah, um, my question is just, um, do you all as Latin American poets find any use in the idea of, uh, of there being something like, like an American poet? That, that can incorporate both like South and North American poetics and kind of can translate languages in the new world? Or is that just kind of my white fantasy? <laughs> that, because I, I, I mean, I, I, I find a lot of energy and I get a lot of life from reading poetry in Spanish that comes from South and Central America. But I wonder if that relationship worth, works both ways or if it's just kind of another arm of, of imperialism. Does it matter to be American in a way that isn't just kind of north or south or whatever? <laughs> Sorry, but you, you want to know if we read American poetry? That's the... We read it. <laughs> really, really, I mean, it's very important in Argentina. We read a lot, not yeah. very contemporary American Perfect. poetry, but really. Sorry, I, I interrupt <laughs> you. We are like fans of, uh, you know, uh, William Carlos Williams, Louis Zukowski, uh, John Ashbery, uh, well, all, all that group, but it's, it's a huge time, but, uh, but we don't know contemporary American poetry. That's is a lack there, so. The, the last one is Sashbury, the, the last poet we, we know, or the, who really knows Sashbury. But yes, we, we like and we read a lot. Do you think of yourself as South American poets versus American poets? Like some connection between America versus South America versus North America? Um, what is South American poetry? Yeah. I don't know. I, I can talk about Argentinian poetry or, or poetry from Buenos Aires. I think in, in Latin America it's very different uh, kind of poetry. Uh, I think in Buenos Aires uh, we have many connections with American poetry uh, movement, the objectivism, we are talking about that all these days. Um, 
but I don't know what's happened in Mexico. Maybe Luis Felipe can, can tell us. I don't know what happens uh, well in Brazil. It, it's another. No, it's an interesting question because it's, it's like like, uh, like something like geopolitics of literature of poetry because for, for example in Argentina we have relation a strong relation with with uh, Chilean poetry but not with Brazilian poetry and not with Mexican poetry not with Paraguayan Bolivian Bolivian Peruvian we have relationship <laughs> with Peruvian so you you I mean, it's very, very precise and complicated. I, 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 I imagine it changed from one country to another, so it's a theme for a paper, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Para mí, se trata en definitiva de romper un prejuicio. Yes, definitely it's about breaking a prejudice. Y que quizás hay más similitudes de las que uno piensa. De hecho, a nosotras en lo particular nos pasó con la traducción del libro, con el tema del cabo, del gaucho y otras cosas que había muchas más semejanzas de las que uno imaginaría. Right, there's much more similarities than one might imagine. For instance, in the figure of the gaucho and the cowboy, we found a lot of similarities that we were able to talk about when I was translating the book. Yo creo que hay, hay especificidades de cada país pero hay una sensibilidad que si el lector la tiene no hay fronteras. Right, of course there's particularities, but in the moment of, of reading and working um, with these, I don't know, cultural symbols, I, I guess I'm adding that there are, uh, sorry, there are some sensibilities that are, um, yeah, that work together, that are borderless. Bueno, me parece muy buena pregunta. Eh, really yo me acabo de enterar por Pablo que en Argentina no están enterados de la poesía mexicana. Se me hace muy raro. I just found out from Pablo that in Argentina they don't know about Mexican poetry. This seems, this seems very strange to me. No concibo por qué. I don't conceive of why that is. Yo estaba seguro que no estaban copiando. I was sure that they were copying me. Pero bueno. Eh, But anyway. Eh, <risa> se, ve, se ve el esfuerzo eh, y por otra parte también me encantaría que el imperialismo fuera así ¿no? digamos ¿no? que fuera justamente comerciar con poesía no traficar con poesía de un lugar a otro ¿no? I would hope that imperialism was just that uh, commercializing poetry and trafficking in poetry across borders <risa> pero me temo que no es así but I'm afraid that imperialism isn't quite that Well, we could all drink wine that's remaining and um, spend some time in this space with all of our amazing readers, um, poets, translators who traveled so far and wide to be here with us tonight. And thank you all for coming out to the Poetry Project. Please grab a newsletter. Um, and if you are interested in becoming a member, there's a membership form on the back. Um, And again, thank you to Ugly Duckling and the Senyal series. It's really wonderful to be celebrating here tonight this amazing series of publications. So buy books. Have a good night. The Poetry Project has promoted, fostered, and inspired the reading and writing of contemporary poetry since 1966. 
Consider supporting us by checking out a reading, becoming a member, or donating at poetryproject.org. 